Welcome to the Secret to My Success Show. Our guests will inspire, educate, and motivate our listeners who own a business or dream about being a business owner. Today's guests will share their stories and the secrets to their success. They have valuable insight with what they went through to start and grow their business. They will share the good, the bad, and the ugly. I promise it will be fun and valuable. Later in the show, former Major League Baseball player Luis Alaseo will be here talking to former celebrities and athletes about their transition from fame to being hands-on business owners. Good day. This is Alan, Secret to My Success. Whether you're listening in the morning, afternoon, or evening, we are so glad to have you here with us. I get the honor of our guest host, Mike McGann. Mike? Hey, Alan. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And, um, you know, I, I got to tell you, I know this is, may not be exactly on, on top of what we're talking about today, but, you know, your business, Worker Apparel, WGP, I got to tell you, you guys wrote me an insurance policy last week. I could not be happier with it, Alan. So thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you it. You do great work. Because I think we made enough commission to buy a coffee cup. Buy that coffee cup and hold it up and think of me. Well, I'm not but, saying the coffee cup. I'm talking about a cup of coffee. I, I did that wrong. It's all right. I mean, if it's high-end coffee, we'll go with that. But <laughs> We are just so happy to be able to help you, though. But no, really, I, I was very impressed with the work you did. So awesome. Okay. Thanks for that. Absolutely appreciate your Good business. business. Thank you. So Louie is probably doing his hair. He's running a little late. He does have some smooth hair. I'm telling you, it's just killing me. That killing cloth. me. Hey, Louie's a superstar, man. It happens. Uh, He's got people for that. Unbelievable. So we have a really cool guest, and before we introduce her, I've got to ask you, Mike, have you ever met somebody that didn't like dogs that you liked? No, I haven't. I've met people that didn't like dogs, but I don't like any of them. I don't like any of those folks that don't like dogs. No, it's unacceptable. So, uh, sad story, but way back when, beginning of COVID, we thought my stepfather had COVID, and he ended up with pancreatic cancer. Okay. So we brought him to my house to take care of him and go through the whole process. And him and my mom were there and we had two dogs. And the two dogs sat with him all day long. One sat next to him, one sat at his feet. He was so happy. And every time one of those dogs went near my mother, my mother would say, get away, get away, get away. It's like, mom, they live here, you're my guest. Wow. And by the way, the dogs live here too, so leave my dogs alone. So, Unfortunately, or fortunately, she is my mother, and I'm a choice. But I've never met somebody that I liked that didn't like dogs. So we're on the same page. We're absolutely on the same page. Of course we are. Okay. So I'm a rescue dog guy. I've always been. My first dog was a uh, Shih Tzu as a rescue dog. I I had a great rescue named Pepper. Unbelievable dog was a uh, lab retriever Australian cattle hound mix and was just a fantastic animal. What a great dog. Awesome. She was just just amazing. And then my second dog was a German Shepherd Sharpe child that we still have, and he's like 15 wow. years old. That's impressive. Great dog. And then we have another dog, which is my grand dog. It's my daughter's dog, and it look, she named it Winry, but it looks like a pig. I mean, it's gray, wiry. It okay. looks like a pig. Okay. And if it's raining out, she'll go outside and roll in the mud. I mean, this dog looks like a pig. It acts like a pig. It identifies as a pig. And I've nicknamed it Piglet. Okay. So that's her name. Piglet. And we decided we needed another dog. So we were going to a local place here. Okay. And it's a rescue. I'm like, okay, so we want a little dog. And they sure. Said, we're getting them from China. I'm like, okay. They said, would you mind picking up the cost of travel? I'm like, as long as it's not first class, I'm in. There you go. Yeah, they don't need quite that, that treatment. $2,000. 
two grand. Seriously. To bring that dog in from China. I'm like, I could have went to China, went to a restaurant, ordered one or two rare and taken them home. I was going to say something similar, but I chose not to. It's sad, but it's true. It is. I've been to China many times. I've never eaten dog. It's usually in southern China, but northern China. So I have a friend of mine who had gotten this dog, and she loved her dog and told me about what a great experience it was. And she got this dog from New Hampshire, which isn't bad for her because she lives in Connecticut, but I live in Florida. Yeah, that's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. But I got to tell you, I have a special guest. Ashley, say hello. Hello. Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Hello. So Ashley is the person that I got the dog from. Oh, okay. Ashley's here because she actually, I don't want to say does dogs, but she actually has this great little business. (laughs) And we talk about businesses. Yes. And she is selling the cutest little dog. So Ashley, tell me, how did you get into this? So I grew up in a family that, um, you know, raised dogs. Ever since I was younger, my mom used to breed. Um, so about six years ago, um, when I got my own house, I, I got a dog for my mom, a cockapoo. And being a stay-at-home mom, I decided that it would be, you know, great to start breeding them. I'm super passionate about it. Um, you know, we don't have a kennel or anything. They're just part of our family. Right. So I got a, a dog for my mom, and, you know, when she was old enough, I started breeding her. And now I, um, I have four females, um, so still a smaller, um, you know, breeding facility. But they're all part of our family. Um, so I just really enjoy doing it. So how long have you been doing it? About six years. Okay. And what's the name of your yeah. business? Pinewood Poos. You can find us on Facebook. Pinewood Poos. Pinewood Poos. Pinewood Yep. That's cute. Absolutely. Yeah. The dogs are adorable. My biggest problem is, I don't know how you can possibly, I mean, because you got young kids and you have these dogs in your living room in a facility, so you see them every day. Right. How do you give them up? I was thinking that same thing. If they're part of your it's family, they become somebody else's. Yeah. Um, but we find families and match our pups with families that are just so excited um, to add, you know, a new member to their family. So it makes us feel good that we're, you know, helping people find their forever their forever pup that's going to be a part of their family. So that really helps. Um, and the kids have gotten used to the fact that we raise the puppies, we socialize them. Um, and then they know that they we can't keep them all. So they, they do go to wonderful homes that, you know, we approve and we get references and we make sure that they're going to, to great places. So that helps. How do you respond to somebody who might not know you and understand what you do is a lot different than a puppy mill? And they say, oh, you're another puppy mill. Well, we like to invite them over. I mean, for those that are local enough to do, um, we have we really encourage people to come over and visit and meet the parents. Um, for those that aren't able to do that, um, you know, FaceTime, videos, references. Um, but most of the people that we sell to are, are pretty local, you know, within New England area. Um, obviously, you were an exception to that, but you still came to meet us. Um, and I think anytime somebody comes to meet us and sees, you know, what we're doing, it's, it's very easy to see that it's, it's you know, a family-run um, business, and we love our animals, and they don't sit out in a kennel. They're part of our family. They sleep in our beds. Um, it's, it's very obvious to see when you meet us. So we encourage people to come and meet us um, to see that we're not, you know, just a, a random puppy mill trying to make money. <laughs> but it can be done anywhere. I mean, you, you basically service all over the country, correct? 
Um, yeah, we will. If um, somebody wants to, we don't ship our puppies, but if somebody, um, you know, wants to, there's um, like shippers, like um, people that provide transportation for dogs. Okay. Um, so as long as we uh, you have a good conversation with the person and we get some vet references from them, um, if we're not able to meet them, we still will sell them a puppy as long as we've done all of the you know appropriate background type of stuff. Um, as far as you know, talking to their vet, making sure they have good references with animals that they've owned, um, and that we do we will sell to people who want to transport a puppy through a transporter that you know well known with good references. So it's all basically. It's handled in a way that's respectful to that animal. It's all going to be absolutely above board with it. And we know for sure that that puppy is in good hands during that transportation. Louie, thanks for coming back in. Are you there with us? Yes, I am. Sorry, guys. I was uh, doing other things. uh, We told everybody you were doing your hair. Is that true? No, I was doing my my toenails. Oh, your toenails. That was a really good. That was the last thing I expected him to say. That is visual. I'm not sure I needed. So let me ask. Let me let me ask Ashley. Ashley, do you do the toenails of the dogs as well before they leave? You groom them up, or it's not necessary. Yeah, yeah we groom them. We clip their toenails um, before they leave. They're very sharp when they're first born, so um, you know they definitely need the toenail clips before they before they go to their homes. Louie, next time you're in New Hampshire, Ashley can do <laughs> your toenails too. Would that work for you? Oh man. That's the problem. I hardly ever go to New Hampshire. Oh, you hardly? Only to Lake. What is it? Winnipesaukee. Oh, Lake Winnipesaukee. Yes, I thought. I thought. Yeah, I thought he said something else there too. too. I think we heard the same thing. <laughs> right. Um. No, Lake <laughs> Winnipesaukee is what he said. Winnipesaukee. There we go. All right. Good. So, Louis, I don't want to tell you, but Ashley's a Red Sox fan too. Listen, anything you, anybody you bring in the show has got to have a Red Sox on it. It has to. But, uh, no, I'd love to have you. She's actually from New Hampshire, so it's kind of it's a given. You're going to be a Sox fan and a Patriots fan. I like New Hampshire. I like New Hampshire. You know, I like New Hampshire. It's nice up there. Excellent. I see some moose and some deer, and, <laughs> and buy a dog <laughs> while you're at so, it. So, Ashley, let's get back to your business. How many dogs do you deliver in 12 months? Okay, she's not personally delivering them, Louie. You missed the whole interview. She sells and breeds dogs, the cutest little dogs in the world. That's where I just got my last dog from. So, yes, how many dogs a year on average? Um, well, I can tell you it's under 29 because the state of New Hampshire allows, um, like, breeders like myself to have 29 puppies or less before you have to become a licensed breeder. Okay. Um, which is a whole stipulation of a bunch of rules with exit signs over your doors in certain areas the dogs are allowed. So my goal is to never be over that amount. Um, I would say normally, um, I would say probably, I mean, it can vary depending on litter size, but normally I'm anywhere from maybe 10 to 15 a year. Um, and like I said, that can vary depending on if they get pregnant, um, or how many puppies they have. Sometimes I have litters of eight, and then sometimes I'll have a litter of two. So it really um, depends on a lot of different things. Um, and I'm growing my business, you know, currently. So that number is going to be, you know, growing, but it will always be under 29. Um, so here's the issue with over that. that. At the end of the year, you're in a 12-month cycle. You've got an allowance of five more dogs to hit 29, and your mama produces 10 of them what happens 
push two back in? You made out really good. I would um, probably just uh, go with it. And um, I think that normally the state, like, if you're, you know, like, going by the rules, like, 100% of the time, if you, like, go over by a few puppies one year, um, I don't think it would be a problem. It's like the repeat offenders who are throwing out, you know, 30 to 40 puppies every single year and not licensed, and that's when... That's when it becomes an issue. Right. Um, but if it was, if I was over one year, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a problem because it's happened to my mom before, um, where you know she's been over and it, it's not an issue unless it becomes something that's um, regular, like every year. Louis, what kind of dog do you have? I have a half Belgian Malinois and half German Shepherd. So it's a, a cute little dog, about four pounds, right? No, mine is about nine. But let me ask, uh, what, what's the breed? Are you, what's the what's your breed specific? They're cockapoos and cavapoos. Um, a super popular breed right now. So the cockapoo is a cocker spaniel mixed with a poodle, and the cavapoo is a cavalier king charles spaniel mixed with a poodle. Um, so mm-hmm. they're both very popular right now. Um, they're amazing little dogs. A hypoallergenic, which is super popular um, right now. People don't want a dog that sheds. So. Um, yeah. They're just great family dogs. Which dogs are you know, easy to maintain, the, the cavapoos or the cockapoos? Yeah, I They're very, you, very uh, similar. Um, it, really, it really depends on, um, you know, what you're, what you're looking for. But I tell most everybody that the cockapoos and the cavapoos are very, very, very similar. The, cav- the cavaliers, mixed with the poodle, the cavapoos, are a little bit more mild-tempered, um, I find, than the cockapoos. And I think that's just because the cavaliers are more of a a mild-tempered dog than Cocker Spaniels. Um, but I really think that you can't go wrong with either. I mean, they're both, they're both great mixes, um, and they're, they're just great. They're great all-around pets for, for really anybody. I just met this breeder, uh, but I was training my dog when I took him to a personal training. She said, listen, I bought this poodle for $4,000, and I actually, we, we froze semen from the dog. We saw we we froze like four thousand probes and whatever, and I don't need them anymore. Do you want them? Like the thing was weight weighed about two pounds, but it was like a purebred. Is that something you guys do? You like artificially inseminate these dogs to to have a larger pool of breeding, or or do you buy a specific um, well, dog? Well, we it depends on if they'll do it naturally. If they will do it naturally, we let them go natural. Um, but occasionally, um, if the, the female's numbers are levels, like we do a progesterone test, which tell us, tells us when they're ovulating, if her numbers are like um, she needs to be bred that day and they're not breeding, we will do something called an AI, which is the artificial insemination, um, mm-hmm. which is the transfer of the semen to the female dog, um, but like by a human. Um, so occasionally we will have to do that, but we normally don't. It's not normally frozen because we have um, the studs. Um, we own them. My mom owns the stud that I use, um, so it's it's not like a frozen situation. It's more of like we just I go bring my female to my mom's house, um, and, and nine times out of ten they're going to breed naturally. Um, it's it's when you have like a larger, really large like female and a tiny male when you have to do the AI normally, um, just because obviously they're not going to be able to do it, do it naturally. So. Louis that, okay. Louis, that was a big question with a lot of information. But it was, I mean, that's well, interesting well, to me because that's something I'd never thought of personally. I mean, it's like you think of the natural versus artificial. 
we can go even further because she was talking about I'm like, well, how the hell do you collect the dog? And she was like, she was trying. I'm like, oh, oh no, I just not go there. Just Thank you. Louis. Yeah, it's probably for the best to step away from that one. <laughs> but the fact is, I mean, it gets done one way or the other, and and the, it, it is a science. And Ashley has this science set up where they they know the best times to breed. They have the males ready, and if the males are not ready, well, they're ready for artificial. So. To me, it seems like all right. the bases are covered on this. Do not yeah. go into doggy porn. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> Thank I mean, you. They have to do it for pandas, but I, the dogs are a little I, different matter. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So <laughs> let me ask you, Ashley, have you ever had a family that came up, you're about ready to give them a dog, and you said, nope, this is not happening? Yes, we have. We're, we're very picky on who we sell to. Good. Um, we like to make sure the puppies are, you know, we don't just sell to anybody. We like to make sure they're going to homes that will be, you know, forever homes and be good fits. I had one family come um, over with young children. I would say the little boy was probably two or three. Um, and I was watching him and his parents weren't really paying much attention and, which is a red flag right away. Cause it's like, what are they going to be like at home? Right. Um, and he, he bopped one of the puppies over the head and the puppy like started screaming and crying and going to the corner. Um, and I don't think the parents really realized what happened. So like I explained to them and they were really upset and I told them that, you know, I was sorry, but it's important that, you know, I make sure, um, the dogs are going to be going to a good home. So when I, sell to families with young kids i like to make sure that they come over and i can see how the parents are you know making sure that the kids are being gentle with the puppy and making sure that the puppy is going to be set up when they go home to um you know know how to how the how the parents are going to deal with their children and make sure that the puppies are going to be treated correctly um so yeah that was one situation where i was just like i don't i don't get a good vibe from this and what i just saw um, it wasn't really handled the way I would have liked it to be. So I, I just told them, you know, I will refund your deposit. Um, and, you know, maybe you guys can look elsewhere. And I did see that they ended up going elsewhere and they, they got like a rescue dog when their son was a little older. So oh, I, wow, like that, that's good. I mean, everybody came out it just right in that. Yeah. I'm just surprised Alan got a dog from you. But Are you kidding me? No, I'm really? kidding. I know you're a great dog. I'm, I'm better with my dogs than I almost did. Your own kids. Else, right? Yeah, I get you. But, but I, I, the research is really important on this. I think that, that knowing that you have the interest of the families and of the dog at heart, Ashley, and you take that so personally yeah. and, and make sure that, that everything comes together properly, that's a feather in your cap, and that certainly speaks to your ethics in business. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very important to us. Um, we always like to ask background questions before we sell to anybody, um, you know, about what to do for work to make sure the dog's not going to be crated, you know, for eight hours a day. Um, I really don't like selling to smoking families. I just, the dogs don't have a voice. Um, so I, you know, I ask that question too. We're just, we're very picky with, you know, who we, we sell our puppies to. Um, so yeah, I think that it's important for us to know that our, our, the puppies that we're, you know, selling to people are going to great home the flip side of that is i've been to rescues and here there's all these dogs you want to help and then they give you a 25 page application right everything right. from give us your vet name i mean they want to do a credit check it's like are you kidding me i want to help a dog and you think i need to give you all right. this per i mean some of it was almost invasive louis have you ever had a rescue dog yes i have but i ended up you know uh, it's like you said i mean you have to Build so much information, give you so much, so much information, and then they all constantly be calling you and checking you. I mean, so it becomes kind of a, a little bit of, I mean, there's nothing you're doing wrong, but it's kind of like 
you know, you want to buy a dog, you know, uh, obviously I understand they, they want to make sure the dog's in the right hands and it's being taken care of. But I think, you know, it's, uh, sometimes it goes a little bit overboard, but I, but I can understand the reason why as well. So, right. But there's a fine line. Ashley, you were wonderful. We gave you the information, lucky for us, that we were recommended by somebody else who wasn't a dog abuser. And I, I understand they're getting their second dog from your mom in the next few weeks. And they're telling me yeah, when, I bought, yeah, when I first bought correct. the farm down here, when I, when I first bought the farm down here, I um, I ended up going to the rescue of Dougie Ranch, which is about a block from my farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I got some dogs, and you know, uh, we you know it, it, it was great because we we felt the dogs are going to be outside running around. It's twenty acres, and you know, have a great life. But it was just like constantly they're calling and checking, you know. It's, and it becomes a little bit you know, of a problem sometimes. But, again, we know why they do it and the reasons why. I mean, there's all the people are buying from all the reasons and they don't take care of them. So they got to make sure the dogs are well taken care of. And I definitely understand that. Ashley, I have to tell you, I was so impressed with your process. We went through, we gave you the information, we put our deposit down, but then you kept us informed the entire time with pictures and videos. Uh, oh, thank you. Seriously. Yeah, I know how excited the the families get so i like to to make sure that you know i'm updating them everybody along the way um the puppies they grow and change each week so much um so i really try to stay on top of that process um and we recently started too i don't think we did it when um i just recently very recently started to get the puppies temperament tested um before they go to their forever home so there's a local trainer um in concord here in new hampshire um, who's very, very well known. And she, I bring the puppies to her when they're about seven and a half weeks. Um, and she does the temperament testing, which is just basically a test to see how their temperaments are. And she kind of will tell me which puppies would be the best fit for each family. Wow. Um, so that's another, you know, added bonus thing that we've just started doing. Wow. It's like, I mean, without naming it, it it's like some of those forever dating services you know mike i knew you're gonna go right. there because there's probably women that would like you tested like that before your first date i think it's probably very likely but you know thankfully you know me i'm, I'm a i'm a wallflower <laughs> <laughs> you know i i don't get out i get and give no attention but um but you know as far as the dogs go i, I think that i can't overstate the importance of making sure it's a good match um, a lot of people, they think, oh, it's, sure. it's a cute little animal, and they really don't understand the full responsibilities involved. Right. And right. every and dogs have unique personalities just as much as people do. Finding the right home and the right fit is going to be best for everyone, because otherwise it, it just becomes something this is not what either party expected or is best for them. Yeah, very good point. Uh, yeah, a lot think. of the time um, people will want to come and just say, I want this puppy, this is exactly what I'm looking for. But if we bring it to the trainer and she's like, well, this person, I just actually had this happen to my last litter. Um, I had a, an older woman who really fell in love with one of the puppies, but I brought her to the temperament test. And the trainer said, I really think this puppy would be best to fit with like a, a younger active family. So I had to tell her, I was like, unfortunately, you know, as a breeder, it's my job to make sure that you are getting a puppy that is going to be the best match for you. So while this one may be your first choice, this one's going to be a better fit for you. Right. So she ended up taking the puppy, you know, that was a, the better fit for her. And it, and she's working out great. It's just situations like that um, is why we do the temperament testing. Um, so the puppy, we can really make sure the puppies are going to the families that best fit their personalities and 
Um, if somebody doesn't have any dog experience, we want to make sure they're getting a puppy that, you know, is not like it wouldn't be the alpha in the litter. And that would be a little bit more submissive. Right. Um, and just things like that, um, that the temperament testing. Nuances. For. Right. Yeah. Ashley, I'm going to confess. I was super guilty about getting a little frou-frou dog. I mean, we were just all rescue dogs. <laughs> Seriously, I was almost... It, it took me a while to That's get how it. I felt when we got our French Bulldog, because I'm used to, to rescuing these ones who've needed a home, and then all of a sudden, it's this purebred right. little Prince King thing in the house. Right. <laughs> and it was a different feel, but I'll tell you, I love that dog. But I've got to tell you, so I tried, and the price was almost the same. And you think about all the things, actually, that you do to prep a dog. You have them there for mm-hmm. eight weeks, they're going to the vet, temperament test, you do all this stuff. So it's actually a, a it's unfortunately it's a better value for somebody looking for a dog to get this and we went looking down here and that same dog down in south florida was nine thousand dollars i mean yeah that's crazy louis would you pay nine grand for a dog absolutely not i mean crazy but is the dog made of gold i mean we need to establish these things and they're well well, we're going to give you a fifteen hundred dollar discount i'm like oh that's so sweet of you well, Everything's more costly in yeah. Florida. But if you have a dog that is trained professionally, like to do a, 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 a car, uh, right? Protect, it's probably going to cost you anywhere between ten, fifteen, twenty grand. So, so I have to say, depending on, on what you really want the dog for, if you just say I want to buy a dog just to have the house, a puppy, cute dog, I will not pay that kind of money. But if I'm if I'm in a business or if I have a property that I need a personal protection dog, then you have to consider all of that because a full trained dog is going to be over 10 grand. Louis, that, that's I, a I've good gotta, point. Louis, i got to tell you, a cockapoo is not a really good personal protection dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, but, but again, Louis, that, that's a great point uh, because, again, the needs of, of the dog owner need to be taken yeah. into account as well. It's going to be finding a right balance, and it seems to me, Ashley, that, uh, that your business does an excellent job of finding that balance and making sure it, it, it works as a family, really. Yes, definitely. How would somebody reach you? Tell us your website. Give some information. Somebody's interested in learning more about you and the the dogs. And I think you said you have some extra puppies coming up soon. Yeah, we do. I have um, a litter available, a couple boys available now. Um, So the best way to reach me would probably be on my Facebook page, which is Pinewood Poos. Pinewood is one word, and Poo is P-O-O-S. Okay. Um, and that I'm very responsive on that page. When people message me, I'm like always looking, you know, at my messages. Um, so I'm very responsive that way, and that would be a great way to to get in touch with me. We were talking earlier, and we'll wrap this up. But COVID really affected your business. People were looking for a lot more, and it slowed down a little. Yeah, definitely. Um, during COVID, we had you know a six month to one year wait for puppies. Um, and, you know, it was just crazy, the amount of people that wanted dogs. Everybody was home, which obviously, you know, for us was just like we made sure that we really, uh, you know, did our interview process because we didn't want people just to be like, oh, I'm home. I want to get a puppy now and then go back to work and the puppy to just, you know, left in the dust. So we wanted to make sure that they, you know, this had been like a thing that they had been looking for and they just didn't want it just because of the circumstances right then and there. Um, so they ended up... Um, so many people wanted puppies during COVID. And then now, it's now that we're, you know, 2022, everything is so expensive. Um, that's, you know, the prices are going up for vets, the groomers, everything we're noticing. It's been very, very slow. Um, everybody got their puppies during COVID. So it's, it's just been really slow um, for the past few months. I mean, 
we're still selling the pops, um, but just nothing like it was a couple years ago. Well, Ashley, I want to thank you. I'm fond of my little dog, Puddles. Aww. Puddles? <laughs> it, it was Pebbles, but they I give my dogs multiple names. The rest of our family, it's Pebbles, but for me, it's Puddles. Oh, so it's not like a training issue where there are Puddles being Oh, found. yeah, there is. Is that what it is? She just doesn't. <laughs> she'll, she'll run around the house with the other dogs for like two hours, right. walk into my office in the back and say, ooh, now I'm ready. And there you go. <laughs> you know? Just consider it a gift. It's a personality thing. I think she just says to me that, look, I need you to know how much I appreciate, so I'm going to leave you a little gift. That's how it goes. It's a generous dog. It is. Yeah. Very kind. Good to hear. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. And once again, the email, or rather your email, phone number, Uh, website. The Facebook page is Pinewood Poos. Pinewood Poos, yep. And my um, phone number is 603-545-2277, which I can always do reach that um, as well. Text message, call, anything. I'm very responsive. Um, so I can be reached that way as well. 603 545 2277. Every now and then. Ashley, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'll reach back out to you, okay? All right. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Bye. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Good day again. This is Alan, Secret to My Success. I get the pleasure of being here today with Mr. Luis Salasea. Hello, hello. Good day, everybody. And we have the fabulous professional guest host, Mike McGann. Which, am I, am I fabulous or am I professional, Alan? I was just kind of kidding. You're ne- kind of Neither, almost barely. half and half, a little yeah. bit of both. <laughs> 22 years, do you think I'd figure this out at some point? But, uh, no, here we are. Great to be with you guys and, and love our guest. I love her name. i got to ask you before we get to my guest. Do it. Why do you spell your name M-I-C? It was a joke, really, and because it started out, I, I had a business page, right, for my, my MC and event host business outside of Legends Radio and outside of my personal page. We wanted people to find my business page when they looked up Mike McGann, M-I-K-E, or Michael McGann. So I took my personal page and made it M-I-C as in a play on microphone, right? So Mike McGann, M-I-C. But people not in the industry don't know that. So even people that I used to date, there are women who routinely call me Mick. And I'm like, it's still Mike. I haven't changed my name since we dated, but now it's almost part of my branding. So I'll just answer to either one. I knew there was a simple answer to that. I figured you really knew how to spell Mike. I do. I've been spelling it for, for you know almost 50 years now. And uh, the M-I-C thing, it just... 
was was a, a whim. And almost, almost 50 years? What would you do for the first 10 years? Oh, please. I'm kidding. I know. But it, look, I know I get you. Well, I've packed about 80 years of experience into my 49. So Beautiful. There we go. So we have a very special guest. She is my buddy, Carolina. I she, love the name Carolina. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Hello, Alan. It's a town How in Puerto Rico. You? There you go. Hello, Nick. Ed. <laughs> Hola, Nick. Carolina. ¿Cómo yeah. estás? Bien, ¿y tú? Ah, bien, bien. That's Español. Es, ah, tres años en la escuela, pero no recuerdo. Mi acento es buen, vocabulario es pequeño, ¿eh? Okay, that's the most Spanish he knows. It's literally, I just said. Ah, gracias. I literally said I took three years in school, but I don't remember any of it. My accent is good, but my vocabulary is small. Right. Donde está el baño? That's about all I've got. That's all I need. Uh, down the hall and <laughs> right, la, exactly. la derecha de la elevador. Louis embarrassed by me all the time as he speaks <laughs> fluent Spanish, and I can barely speak English. Right, Louis? Me no comprendo. Yeah. Ah, bien. Good no, answer. No capiche. You guys all do great. <laughs> we're going to go to Colombia now. Uh, thank you, Carolina. So Carolina is my favorite stoner of anyone that I know. And I know you know a lot of them. I do, yes, but indeed. she is my favorite. Right. She's probably one of the hottest stoners <laughs> as far as how she looks anyway, so I'm going to I'm gonna lay it out there. Well, I'm Googling right now. She is. She's beautiful. Carolina, oh, tell us. Thank you. Tell us what you're doing these days. Let's hear about your business. Oh, I'm doing great, Alan. Um lots of things happening and very excited um well just to clarify um the stoner part <laughs> we specialize in um, custom stone work architectural stone everything that has to do with supply manufacture and installation of of um, natural stone and solid surfaces and um i'm super happy to be here it, it was uh um Improvised, but we know that improvised things um, result in, 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 in good stuff most of the time. So I've always happy thought to so. be here, Alan. Thank you so much for inviting me. We are so glad you're here. But let me ask you a question. There's not many women in your business, correct, from what I understand and from what I've seen in the industry? There's not many, but there's more than there used to be. Okay. Um, I, I'm starting to see a more a female presence in construction, which is, which is good. Um, and and yeah, I mean it's not easy. It's it, there's a few uh, humps and, and have been a few humps in the way, but but it's very rewarding and in general it has been a great experience. So. Carolina, tell yeah. us how you got into this industry. I mean, and you're not from the U.S. You're from Colombia, correct? Yes. So give us a history. How did you get into this business? Okay, so um, I'm an industrial designer, and um, I guess that is, uh, you know, what allowed me to to uh, to like um, all everything related to, to stone and to our architecture. Um, I arrived to the U.S. in 2000, and uh, I, I came here with my two younger daughters. They were little. I was a housewife, and um, my extended family has always worked with, with stone in Colombia. Um, they own factories. They've done terrazzo tile, and I'm also I've also worked, uh, you know, since I'm very young. Since I'm 14, I've been working. So it was it's always been ingrained in me. And uh, I was a little bit. I was I'm a very fulfilled mother, but I was a bit frustrated that I couldn't use my productive side and so 
my brother-in-law suggested, why don't why don't we bring why don't we bring uh, the stone that we quarry here and uh, let's see what happens? Why don't you start, you know, um, promoting it? And it it just sounded like the perfect idea. And so uh, we brought in a few samples of of coral stone, six by six samples, and I started, you know, driving around Miami and <laughs> going off in my car whenever I saw a pile of. Of, of, of concrete or whatever and that's the way we started and we did many many beautiful houses um, all with architectural coral uh, we started in 2002 so 2002, 3, 4 it was all like door to door um, but it was a success because there weren't many companies at the time um, that could do uh, custom, custom stonework so we did very well and that's more or less how how uh, we started the business. Um, so I've been working in this since then, and um, and here we are. <laughs> Fast forward, we're still at it and and doing a increasingly larger projects. Um, but you do this by yourself now. You this is your business and only your business. This, yeah, this is my business. I worked with my with my husband for twelve. To years more or less um, uh, we separated and um, he's in Colombia now and I continued with the business um, actually our, our previous company closed and I, I opened Stoneworks and uh, I've been with it since 2016 and yes I'm I'm the owner and, and, and the uh, director of the orchestra I, I love it because you're, you're you're breaking barriers by this and it, it reminds me because I, I am I just I looked you up and you are a beautiful woman I mean you really are and well, you. well you it makes me think there's another woman I met recently who are you I, comparing her well it's, I'm comparing her in a different way because really? this other woman I met was equally beautiful and I assumed she was a model like I would assume that Carolina is if I just met her and this other woman turned okay. out to be a yacht mechanic <laughs> So, so now you have that and then you have Carolina who does a stonework I just I love that because to me you're beautiful you're powerful you are you're, you're following your passion and you're breaking ground because you are doing this in an area that's typically male dominated. But let me ask you, as a very attractive woman in the industry down here in Florida of construction, does that help you or hurt you? That's a good question. It helps. I would think it would. Well, th- thank you for the compliment, Allie. Um, but I mean, I don't think it has either helped me or hurt me. Like. I, I mean, I, I'm not really very focused on the perception others have of me. But when you're at work, you're at work, and you know you have, you, you know, you're completely focused on on getting the job done, and and so I haven't seen that being a you know an obstacle or 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 the opposite. You know, it's. Sometimes it is challenging to the just the the fact of being female to get perhaps the attention or or respect that men have. Uh, you know, men are obviously have been uh, carrying these kinds of projects through centuries and centuries. So it's it is a male dominated industry, and in order to have the proper attention or or validation. It does require a bit of time until 
uh, your colleagues or your clients understand that you know what you're talking about. So I, I have found that to be a, a challenge. You know, you have to work your way uh, to be listened to and to be taken into account. But once you get there, then, you know, things get done and, and, and the project, uh, you know, materialize or, and, and, you know, run as they should. Um, that would be probably the, the biggest challenge, not only with colleagues and clients, but also with workers. Right. Um, that's another area because, yes, uh, you can sense that that a man with boots and a helmet and, and you know, with tools in their hands being directed by a woman, um, you know, it, they, they, they kind of don't buy it at the beginning. Sure. But, you know, it usually works out. I love that because, again, that speaks again to your persistence in this and your passion for the projects themselves, getting the job done right. You are the authority figure in it, and it works for you. I love it. I have to believe that you're probably better at the details of completing the job than a lot of the male-dominated people in your business that throw uh, throw slabs and stones around. <laughs> Well, yes. In general, stonework and tile and, and countertops are the finishes of the project, so they all require detail. Um, every aspect does require detail because it, it is there where, where the quality of your work um, relies, right? So, yes, whatever area you are working on, you need that, – that's what we take care of the most. Because um, anyone can lay tiles, anyone can cut stone, but to do it uh, with precision and with care, it it, it does require an, an extra skill. So, so yeah, that that's where I try to focus, and our team tries to focus. That's what we um, set ourselves apart, or try to set ourselves apart versus, um, you know. Not versus, but with anything we do, we try to do it in a detailed fashion. So, I will have to say, guys, that if I'm building a home, if I'm creating or remodeling something, I will definitely hire a woman to do it because obviously you have to touch the details and lose their imagination. So I think, uh, therefore, I would like to see. Um, I, I would like to see that she's very successful at doing what she's doing because not only that. They, they do good work, you know. Um, if you've been in Colombia, everything is, is is done really neat, really professional. And I think if she brings that professionalism and that ideas that they have in in Colombia, I'm sure their work has got to be beautiful. Car <laughs> Carolina, let me ask you: somebody turns around, and they say, "Well, I just went to Home Depot and I priced it out." Oh boy! And they want you to compete. What's your answer to that? Yeah. Well. Yeah, but, but I, I really, you know, it, it, it's taken me some time to, to realize that um, price is not the reason why our clients choose us. Um, it, it is mostly our service and the level of, again, of care and detail we put into our projects. We do specialize in high-end uh, residential construction. Lately, we have done... Uh, mostly commercial but it is a, a a segment that that wants things done right 
Yeah. And in order to provide that, you you know you have a, a different set of of factors playing in, uh, which don't abide by you know by budget. When you are underfunded, you can't provide premium service. So um, that's not where we compete. And you know when that is the case, then I respectfully suggest my my customer to to go to Home Depot because because there's different you know there's different kinds of, of, of projects and, and needs and 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 gains you know so yeah we, we really provide a, a thorough a thorough work I we have uh, undone work you know with four things apart to do them again just because we don't like them not even because our client doesn't like them uh, if I get to a, a job site and I don't like what I see, you know, we're doing it again. So, well, so you, your name, your stamp is on that. But, so you want to make sure that, that you're adhering to your own standard at the very least. What would seem crazy absolutely. is if you're doing a job like this, that final touch is what truly separates the job. Yes. If you were going to cheap out, it wouldn't be on the last detail. You would think it would have to be somewhere before so that you could afford to have that last detail really be the centerpiece of your project. Right. And it's also the time that you spend doing it. We're not rushing. We're not, you know, trying to get it over with to go to the next job. You know, we're really there to take our time and do it right. And that's what our clients appreciate. It's the name of the game. It sets them apart, sure. So, Carolina, how would somebody reach you? Oh, well, we have a website, uh, stoneworksusa.com. Mike, repeat and that for her. Stoneworks USA. Dot, wait, is it Stoneworks or Stonework? With a net. Stoneworksusa.com. Okay, so stoneworksusa.com. And your phone number, Carolina? 786-303-0102. That's 786-303-0102. <laughs> Louie. Yep. What else you got for us, Louie? No, like I said, I mean... Women's Touch is special. I know I've uh, been to Colombia many times, different cities, and a lot of their, their countertops and cabinet, 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 uh, cabinet tree work is beautiful. And uh, I'm sure that, you know, using a woman that does knows what he's doing and has a female touch, it'll be, it'll be nice. It'll be great. There so, you go. Checks all the boxes. Luckily, <laughs> Louie's not being politically correct, but yes. It's a good point. I mean, it really is. <laughs> Carolina, thank you so I much. I said. <laughs> I think it was nice. Carolina, Carolina, thank you so much for being with us. We wish you the most amount of success in your business. And once again, Mike, read her phone number. Phone number is 786-303-0102. And check out that website, stoneworksusa.com. Come see thank Carolina. Thank you so much. Carolina, you did an awesome job. Thank you for being with us and continued success in your business. Thank you for having me and all the best to you. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. When it comes to health coverage, you want solid value from a trustworthy company you can rely on. Florida Blue offers Medicare Advantage plans that can help you get more out of your health coverage. And don't you want more? 
Call Apple Insurance, your local agency for Florida Blue, at 888-MY-BLUE-8 to have all your Medicare questions answered and learn about different options. Don't settle for less than the value and stability Florida Blue has delivered throughout the state of Florida to Medicare beneficiaries for more than 25 years. Value, security, knowledge, and trust. Blue Medicare from Florida Blue means more. Call Apple Insurance at 888-MY-BLUE-8 today to speak to a licensed agent about your Medicare Advantage options. That's 888-MY-BLUE-8. Apple Insurance and Florida Blue. Call 888-MY-BLUE-8 today. Florida Blue is an independent license of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Thanks for listening to The Secret to My Success on Legends 100.3. 